You're listening to the Butterfly Effect Podcast, episode number 20. Today I'm sitting down with the one person who knows all my secrets, my husband Curtis. Today we're talking all about our untypical life and answering some listener questions. If you enjoy this episode, all I ask is that you screenshot it and share it on your social media story or feed to show your love. If you have a second to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, the show can continue to grow and expand its listeners. Taking the time to share it with your followers and subscribers will totally help keep it thriving so I can continue to bring you quality episodes like the one you listen to today. This is the Butterfly Effect Podcast, and I'm Ashlyn Newlove, tackling everything from fitness, nutrition, business, life, ice cream cones, and everything else in between to help inspire people to make one change that causes their ripple effect. Welcome to episode number 20. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm a fitness and nutrition coach helping people have fun, keep fit and reach their goals while they're at it with my online program, The Sweat Effect. What most of you guys don't know is that for a lot of my on the road podcasts, Curtis is the person setting up all of the equipment and helping me along the way. People recognize him from my Instagram and social media posts, but don't ever really hear his voice a lot. So today you're going to meet the person I got married to by an Elvis impersonator in Las Vegas. Welcome officially to the show, dear. Thank you for having me. I'm just glad Kiefer and Gracie were unavailable so I can make the cut today. (laughs) Okay, so give the folks your elevator pitch. Who you are, what you do, how we met. Uh, Well, my name is Curtis Meyer, as we probably know that much. Uh, I am a power engineer by trade. I have been working for Synovus Energy for about eight, nine years now. Uh, I met Ashlyn in 2010 at the lake, and we have been dating ever since then. Uh, Our friends always laugh, Um, our friends from BC, when you say the lake. They say that's a Saskatchewan thing. What is the quote unquote lake that you're speaking of? Because we live at the lake, but we didn't meet at this lake. (laughs) Yeah, no, not this lake. Uh, Edders Beach, which is part of Last Mountain Lake, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, we met on a July long weekend and we went boating and then we never spoke to each other for a couple months after that. And then Ashlyn hunted me down shortly after that and uh, we began dating and we got engaged in 2015 and married in 2016. That's pretty good because I wouldn't have remembered those dates anyways. I still remember the day we got married. I was a little bit nervous I was gonna mess that one up but uh, (laughs) apparently I nailed it. Please nobody fact check those and uh, yeah we moved out to Koshin here. Been out here for almost two years now. Uh, we like to travel the world, visit different gyms, experience different things. Yeah, that's probably life in a nutshell. What some people might know is that you had your own health journey. So what did that look like for you? Because you are definitely not the same person that you probably were, I mean, even before we met. Yeah, so when I graduated high school, I was probably about 250 pounds, I would say, 
and my athletic ability was finishing 18 to 24 beer every night on the weekend, which, uh, you know, was fun at the time, but it wasn't really the direction that I wanted to head throughout my life. So my original roommate in Saskatoon started taking me to the pack and we would do odd powerlifting movements and whatever bodybuilding movements, which was good. We got moving and I was pretty inconsistent with that until about 25, but I still went off and on and my weight fluctuated anywhere from 185 to 225 throughout there. Uh, and then after started dating Ashland in 2010 for the first year there, I believe we used to go for to Moss and Fitness from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that was, I'd just been kind of doing my thing for like six or seven years there. I didn't really feel like that was going anywhere. And then we found those Groupons to CrossFit Brio, which was down the block from us. So we thought we'd give that a try early 2011, I believe. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. And we went in there, started that, really liked it. It was always a challenge uh, for me to stay consistent with it because I've worked on the road for most of my life. A lot of the training I've had to do on my own, so it's kind of hard to keep up on like a team training atmosphere by yourself, but I managed to do it throughout my days with uh, whatever I can makeshift put together. And I think just for reference, okay, so you mentioned you were 25 when you started that. How old are you now? 34. And you said you fluctuated between 185 and 225 pounds. Um, no muscle. I'm going to go out there and say you probably didn't have have a, a, any muscle on your body at the time. And what do you currently weigh, just to give people an idea? Uh, right now, I weighed in this morning at 209. 209. It's yeah. a, a little thick right now. <laughs> yeah, I could probably stand to lose a few, but, you know, it's Christmas season, so... If we had like body fat percentages and measurements, though, those would be quite different than when you weighed 205 back in your mid 20s, though, as well. Like you would have a much different body shape. Yeah. Uh, well, when we had those DEXA scans a couple of years ago, I think I came in at about 13% body fat. So I would I would say I'm probably around the same right now. Yeah, we we stay pretty consistent with where we're at with that but yeah back back in my early 20s I would probably be around 225 with probably closer to 25 percent body fat I would say and when you thought of losing weight back then what did that consist of so what did you do if you were going to buckle down and lose some weight what would you do well people make fun of me about this from time to time but uh used to call me the tuna can athlete and I would strictly adhere to a diet of cans of tuna and uh water basically you're lucky that you didn't get mercury poisoning (laughs) yeah i enjoyed it oddly enough at the time but i would never do it again and i don't look at a can of tuna the same way either on bread or just a straight up can of would you mix mayo it depends can't really have too much bread that was too much carbs okay yeah yes right mustard right on the can right in the can yeah sometimes salt and pepper to shake it up lemon pepper oh yeah it's all coming back to me again and now i realize why i don't do that anymore 
And then was it like, were you hitting the cardio hard in the gym? Is that what you believed was, was going to be your ticket? Yeah, weightlifting and extended periods of long drawn out cardio. And those periods of time I could get down to like 185 pounds, but I was so weak that I would struggle to do everyday things. Now, is this, were you drinking still at the time? Like, and when I say drinking, I don't mean like an alcoholic. You liked party like in any yeah. early 20 years, but, or were you, would you abstain from alcohol during your healthy periods? Uh, I guess it depends. Uh, depends on the season. I mean, in wintertime, you could abstain a bit, but definitely not during summertime. And that was probably more when the weight gain would come on. Uh, and yeah, it was probably excessive on the weekends, which I've learned now. And, you know, I'm older too. You can't really balance it like that anymore. It's easier when you're 25, not so much when you're 35, almost. I know that you also attributed some of the highs and lows with your work schedule. You were working on the rigs at the time. How did that kind of come into play with with your health? Uh, well, back when I worked on the rigs, uh, we would live in hotels and food preparing ability was extremely limited so either I would live on a diet of nothing or we would eat strictly takeout food and that was another reason why it was so hard to control the weight at the time it's probably not great for you when you're swinging between 185 and 225 and now I mean I'm up in camp it's fairly consistent of what I can eat so I try to eat the same thing every day uh, I'm lucky that they have good food choices available such as rice and chicken and uh, vegetables and I pretty much eat along the lines of the same thing every day but it is challenging to working days and nights uh, okay but let's 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 back it up here a little bit too okay. like your health journey was different than mine so when I put on weight I was in my mid-20s or early 20s sorry um, just didn't know any better with, cause I was always an active kid, always played sports, things like that. And yeah, then I started and moved away to university. My, you know, like athletic background went down the drain, wasn't doing anything, started drinking a lot more partying. And that's when I put on weight, eating a lot of fast food, but you had kind of always struggled with your weight, even as a child, right? Yeah and weren't big into team sports or any sports at all no i wasn't and i'm still not very athletic so that is not true you <laughs> you are actually like you practice crossfit you're quite good at it so yes. i mean you can't just jump into a sport that other people have been playing since they were kids and expect to be as good as they are you can't be like well i'm not very athletic because i'm not good at hockey because i'm trying to skate with all these people who've been playing hockey for 20 years yeah i just have poor hand-eye coordination as well so but, I, I but that kinda... would have gotten better had you played more sports as a kid yes yeah it just is maybe a little less developed than other probably not though <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think you would have been fine because honestly, you, you you were overweight as a child. That's just, I can say that, that you were overweight as a child. You didn't play any sports. Yeah. So you didn't have that athletic background that most people, you know, come into their 20s with. So when you started CrossFit, you were starting from scratch. Like, 
I at least I had a bit of a competitive background, you know, playing all the sports and stuff that I did in high school. I was just overweight and like didn't know anything about the gym and stuff like that. So like the gains that you made doing CrossFit were incredible because you didn't have any background of anything athletic in your life prior to that. Yeah, Yeah, I had a small base of weightlifting built. And other than that, of the 10 domains of fitness, I had about one point five so yeah and, and, like and the it's last... been a hard struggle throughout the years too to you know incorporate like the endurance side of things because I didn't have a base of hockey and whatnot from when I was younger like a lot of people do but then I found out uh throughout the years if I completely relied on my strengths such as weightlifting then uh I had to start focusing on other things as well because people were starting to catch me in those other domains for sure but honestly like the last year that you went to regionals on the team like you were very fit you and i mean we kind of went we had some ebbs and flows of fitness too like in moving and like then we were just doing it kind of like for health and for fun and whatnot here but now you've gotten back into training again like Mm -hmm. you can definitely i would say be as fit and probably like have attacked some of your weaknesses that you had from when you did go on the regional team, you can probably be fitter than you were then. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you see it with a lot of other people throughout the years. I used to think that people's physical ability peaked at about 30 and it started to go downhill from there. But now as I turn 34, I seem to be getting better at things every year if I keep working on it. And it's also kind of keeps things interesting always challenging yourself to improve at different domains of fitness as well so okay so in the almost decade it's been almost a decade now that we've been together how has life changed for you well that's a interesting question and then like what way everything like think of the human that you were 10 years ago well definitely uh I'm not the person that I thought I would be when I was, say, 23, 25. And part of that is, like, through starting CrossFit, just give me something different to focus on. And I feel like if I put a lot of energy into that, good things will eventually come to you if you keep working hard every day. And as well as... Yeah, but it's not just CrossFit. I mean, that's work ethic too, right? Yeah. That's... But that's, it's a good place to channel and uh, help develop that work ethic to, you know, always focusing on becoming better and keeping, keeping challenging yourself. And uh, even though sometimes life might beat you up, it's just a matter of getting over it and going back at it or approaching it differently. Yeah, like you definitely have a different work ethic than... I would say 99% of the people out there. Um, And when I say that, it is, you've had your ups and downs in life too. And you have overcome them unlike anybody I have ever seen. And that goes through, you know, I think that goes through with your work and your health and, you know, weight loss and fitness and all of those different types of things. So when we met, almost 10 years ago, you had recently gone back to school to become a power engineer. You were 24? Yes. 24 years old. You've been working on the rigs for how long at that point? 
almost five years. And you were sick of it. You, right? Like you were tired of the lifestyle and you decided that you needed to make a change. Yeah. I wasn't super happy with the person that I was because when you work on the rigs, there's a lot of up and downs and I, the down periods of being laid off for two, three months at a time, and a lot of partying. And I always felt like there was more to life. I just wasn't sure what exactly that was. So then, uh, and money too, right? Like you would make good money on the rigs and you'd be laid off for months and then essentially party all that money away. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. If we're, if we're being honest about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I look back and I wasn't very happy. I was always looking for something else and I just wasn't sure what it was. And then some other friends of mine were taking the power engineering program. Uh, I had taken a crack at school once before. It didn't go so well. I had a great time when I was in university, but I didn't really get anything out of it. So this time I had to isolate myself to swift current to go to the college there and i got through but that was also the only place that you could get in at the time right the saskatoon program was full right yeah so you had to make the choice you either go to swift current or you don't start that year correct yeah which was also kind of a necessary thing to do because that's all i did when i was down there and that's probably when i started learning about uh you know if you isolate yourself from all those other things i mean i had a lot of fun but you're de- definitely not very productive when you're out partying on the weekends all the time. But that's environment. And I talk about that a lot with my clients and stuff. Willpower is one thing. And then your environment is a whole other topic because it's not even that you have poor willpower if everything around you is telling you to do one thing. Yeah. And you can only say no for so long before you give in and just do it anyways. So you wanted to make a change and yeah you attribute and you use isolation like you were in the arctic <laughs> well it's fairly isolated down there and that was partially by design too uh i only went back to saskatoon when i had to but otherwise i would sit and go through the books and i maybe necessarily didn't have to study that hard but it kept me occupied anyway and then had you already started school before we met had you put a year in uh yeah i was in my second year you're in your second year yeah and then that year was split between Swift current and then the other half i came and moved in with you in saskatoon right um yeah i'm glad i remember these things moved fast letting you move in with me right away um yeah but i think the fact was that you recognized that you were in a situation that you didn't want to be in and you wanted to do something about it and that's you know you look at you can do this with anything with weight loss, with fitness and with health, with, you know, wanting a better career with anything. And you were in a lifestyle that you didn't like at all at that point. So you wanted to make a change. Yeah. And when you make changes like that, sometimes it's necessary to isolate your yourself, or I guess I shouldn't say isolate. I keep saying that, but Anyway, change just, your environment. You need to change your environment. Just committing is is the biggest thing, and you know, sometimes it's difficult to walk away from things that you enjoy doing all the time, but it's for the better down the road. And I've always tried to look at the bigger picture of things too. I mean, just because something might be fun or you know you enjoy doing something for short term, is it necessarily helping you in the big picture? Yeah, and 
you did make some big changes and you are you're like even in photos like you look at yourself from 10 years ago you look like a completely different human you are a completely different human Curtis is still a very like very kind person that's actually probably his biggest downfall is he's maybe too kind sometimes I just like to think I'm chill <laughs> I don't know if it's chill Curtis is is too kind of a person sometimes but but that works well because I'm like the yin and you're the yang and whichever the no you no you're making it sound like I'm an unkind person which isn't true either no but you're the aggressive part of me I am the person who will say no, and Curtis is a yes man. Uh, not yes man. <laughs> I not go that far. But also, you know, you wanted to advance your career at your current job, too. So, I mean, you put in the work there as well. I don't think it's any different than you know, what you did with your weight loss or, you know, getting your fitness together or changing, you know, career paths altogether. You yeah. also wanted to, you worked hard at work and, you know, I always wonder, I always wonder what kind of a boss you are. Curtis is a, Curtis has a crew of, of guys now. That's correct. Is that, is that how we say it? Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder what you're like as a boss up there. He had them come down um, to our house once and he was so regimented with them. <laughs> he was the one that was saying that they couldn't do things and they were coming into the house asking if I would allow them to do it and I was the loose cannon. So <laughs> it always makes me wonder. <laughs> well, that makes me the good cop, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it does. I think that makes me the good cop. You were the bad cop. How regimented is that ship that you run up there? Uh, I don't know. We'd have to pull the guys and ask them, but <laughs> I like to keep things fun, but there's, uh, you know, there's work to be done and I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to explain on here. I never really thought of it very much, but, uh, but even in, in your management styles, you like read a lot of books, you, you know, really dug into information on that because you did want to be like the best type of manager that you could be too. Yeah, and the biggest thing with that is just keeping open lines of communication with everybody and uh, everybody's got great ideas and we can all work together. Oh my God, you sound so lame right now. <laughs> well, I know it's lame, but it is it is kind of the way it is. And when I read these books, this is what the books tell me. But no, honestly, uh, I think we all work well together. We all have a great time together. Uh, I learn from them. They learn from me. And uh, yeah. But I, the biggest question, are you a stick in the mud up there? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the fun guy. Mm, fun guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm the quahi. That's how you say that. But uh, uh, the biggest thing is uh, I and it's no different than like fitness or whatever. It's just always, always learning. And whenever I have free time, I'm always watching videos on YouTube about management styles and, and reading books about leadership. And, and it's the same thing with fitness. Like you can never, you can never not learn. There's always something to learn. And if you're stuck with something, whether it might be an injury or whatever, like I'm always looking up different mobility things. I mean, there's just there's so much information out there it's really nice nowadays too because when we first started crossfit there wasn't much 
online there was the case star videos on youtube which i think we watched all those but now there's but not even right when we started like you you'd be hard to find a crossfit style t-shirt like you'd yeah. be yeah we knew nothing and that's also probably like I don't know. I had some injuries and stuff like we just didn't know any better for like some of the way we were moving and stuff now. And that's why I see people that do come into CrossFit and they seem to catch on to things so much faster. But then again, they have people teaching them that know so much more now than what we knew you know, eight or nine years ago or whatever it was when we started. Yeah. Now I'm sure that you could dislocate your shoulder and there's a video on there of how to put it back in and continue doing muscle ups. That's a little bit extreme, but, uh, there's videos about everything on there. (laughs) Your YouTube browsing history is very different than mine. (laughs) 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 Okay. So if you guys didn't, um, put it together, Curtis works in a camp, um, in Northern Alberta. So, and you work shift work. So a week of days, a week off, a week of nights. Um, and my clients always ask me like how they can stay successful with their nutrition when they're working shift work um, and switching back and forth between days and nights and whatnot. So what does your nutrition look like when you're away and what tips do you have for people? Because I actually use you as an example to my clients a lot when we talk about this because you kind of you got it down to a science. Uh, so mine's actually not that bad because I work a week of seven days and then I get seven days off and then I work seven nights. So I essentially just do the same thing over the days and nights, but I mirror the hours that, uh, I, I, uh, eat the foods that I eat. Your eating window. Yes. So, uh, basically my breakfast looks the same every day, which is egg whites, a couple strips of bacon, and a carbohydrate of some sort, and it varies between French toast and uh, waffles and pancakes. Ugh, your diet sounds like it's the worst. Uh, <laughs> breakfast is my favorite, actually. I'd eat that every meal if I could. Ashton always makes fun of me because I'll make pancakes at 6.30 at night. <laughs> but uh, And then uh, they, they have a pretty good selection of uh, fruits and vegetables to take so that's what I use for my snacks throughout the day. And then supper time is always a, a carbohydrate. It's always usually rice. I don't really like potatoes that much. I'll have them from time to time, but I usually always go with the rice. And what? This is the first I've ever heard you say that about potatoes. Well, it, it's not my number one choice. <laughs> I'll always go for the rice. I think it's because I like soy sauce. Awkward. <laughs> and uh, then chicken chicken for one meal and whatever fatty protein they have for the other meal such as like steak or or pork or it's not a fatty protein steak well fattier yeah like a less lean okay a less (laughs) a less lean for the (laughs) okay so what i think that their main concern is okay so you go to work a night shift and you fast for a bit in the morning, right? So, because that makes your day really, really long on that first night. If you were to start eating kind of when you first... Yeah, when up. I transition from days to nights, I don't usually start eating until lunch. Because if I start eating any earlier, I'll run out of macros by like midnight. And then it makes for a tough six hours after that till I get off at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And if you like, in a normal situation, you don't you don't weigh and track your food at work. You just kind of know now um, portion sizes and whatnot, and you mindfully eat when you're there. But 
for people who do yeah it's just you fast and i would say for as long as you possibly could because that's going to make it more enjoyable when you have to stay up until like seven o'clock the most the next morning right yeah and yeah it's still eating the same amount of calories in that day it's just that your day has gotten a little bit extended than it would it normally would yeah and uh yeah it's like you said as long as you don't start eating too early it helps me keep eating at like three in the morning and then you know you can wait another three four hours till breakfast before i go to bed and don't like don't get us wrong he's not starving himself and by fasting like like for me um i could fast for hours in the morning i'm just not as hungry in the morning when i first wake up and i drink coffee and whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah it's not that he's saying he's starving himself by any means but these are just tips on like you know if you are on your journey and you do have us like certain amounts of foods that you're eating this is the most successful way that we found that works for shift workers okay so another listener wanted to know how do you keep up with your fitness while you're working away from home so between work and the traveling we do, how do you navigate that? Well, I'm pretty lucky that uh, up at work they have a, a decent gym outfitted with m- probably 90% of the equipment I need now to do CrossFit. It wasn't always like that at the start. I mean, they didn't have bumper plates or anything, and I was snatching and, and power cleaning and clanging and banging 45-pound plates around. So now they got bumper plates up there. Yeah, but- didn't you take those up there? Uh, I took the the first two in my suitcase on the plane. <laughs> and uh, after I brought them up there, they realized... You took a barbell too. Uh, well, I, I got that shipped up there by, via truck. But yeah. you have to be crafty if you want to keep your fitness journey up. Uh, I've also smuggled up like ab mats and recently just a pair of rings so I can do ring dips when I'm up there. So I've kind of slowly brought up the things that i've needed over the years okay if you couldn't have if you couldn't have a barbell with bumper plates and things like that you would have made do with the metal plates and um just lowering them and things like that never dropping them well i still lower them and don't drop them in there but uh do they not like that well it's it's still very loud and there are people sleeping in the camp but uh that's one of the biggest challenges over the years trying to keep up with your Olympic weightlifting without ever dropping a barbell, which it might be good for you. I don't know. I, I think it seems to be helping. It. I mean, your eccentric lowering would have gotten much stronger than you just, it's harder to max out on things if you ever needed to do that. Yeah. There are times when I feel I got more in the tank, but I psych myself out because I don't want to drop the bar or whatever. So and that's just because you're interested in still maintaining your Oli lifting and stuff. If you weren't, you probably could have made do with dumbbells and kettlebells, which I'm sure they have up there and, you know, treadmills and whatnot, yeah. right? Yeah, they got uh, dumbbells, kettlebells, treadmill, rower, basically everything you need. They got a, a pull-up bar that I do butterfly pull-ups on t- from time to time, and people probably think I'm weird, but whatever. Gotta you do, do your what bar you muscle-ups on a bent... What are those? I don't even know what you call those pull-up bars. I don't know. I, but they have like the, the, the two the, sides that are bent down. Curtis can do bar muscle-ups on them. It's pretty funny. Yeah, there's a, probably a foot and a half clearance between the roof. And there's like streaks on the roof from where I always like rub my head and back onto. <laughs> Your uh, greasy, sweaty head rubbing on their roof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, well, you've probably mentioned before working with 
uh, Michael at OPT now. He basically programs everything to use uh, the equipment that I have, not only up there, but at home here too. So that yep. was one of my biggest challenges over the years was uh, doing the correct movements. And I would take programming, say comp chain and kind of jig it up so that I could do it with the equipment that I had there. But the only problem with that is I always opted to do the things that I didn't like or liked, I guess. And I would always shy away from the weaknesses. So now. Yeah. And I think that had become both of our problems by following a blanketed blog style program. Yeah. And that's only, that's why we do what we do now. We kind of had, I don't want to say lost motivation, but we gotten a little laxical in our, in our fitnessing and um, we wanted a little reboot. So yeah, that's why. Um, and we had, I had Michael on the show a few podcasts ago talking about programming. He'll even put Curtis on the elliptical or the Stairmaster. What does he like to put you on? Yeah. Sometimes I, I got to go on the Stairmaster from time to time and, uh, like three minute intervals on the Stairmaster, which actually it sounds silly, but, uh, it'll really shred your legs awfully quick, especially (laughs) when he's cycling between like rower and spin bike and. Yeah, he wasn't just putting that in to be funny. Like, <laughs> it was for a purpose. Well, even when I said they have a Stairmaster up at work and I kind of snickered about it, he's like, don't laugh. You'll probably <laughs> see that showing up in the programming. He wasn't lying. So, I mean, and if you're not ready to um, make the investment with a personalized coach, I mean, there is online programming out there. Uh, you can jig it up, as Curtis said, with other blog style posts that are free, like CompTrain or lo- some local gyms post their workouts online. So... I mean, you can make those adjustments as well. Or there is, on like, my sweat effect workouts are catered to people who don't have barbells and things like that. Um, so I can make it they do with, you know, you get a good workout in with dumbbells and kettlebells. And there are other online programs out there as well. So, I mean, just having limited space or limited equipment, I don't really, yeah, definitely not an excuse where, where we don't get our fitness in. Oh, yeah. Um and traveling what do we do traveling well i generally look ahead to where the crossfit gyms are located where we're staying and i'll try to either book a place near there or figure out how we're going to travel there so we can usually get in a decent amount of our workouts and if not we'll do a sweat effect workout in a hotel or or whatever park we've done them in parks before yeah in australia yeah, we did them in the hotel room when we were in Maui. Um, yeah, we sound super cool on vacation, but no, we still get our workouts in. And yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's what we like to do on vacation. Yeah, it's kind of like an excursion. And also, you get how many people have we met at CrossFit gyms, and they've told us like different local things that we should be checking out. And oh yeah, people in CrossFit gyms across the world—they're so nice and accommodating. Like. They will drive you places. We've had people pick us up and take us back to our hotel from the CrossFit gyms. They're just, I don't know, CrossFitters are, they're just a different breed of people. Yeah. Uh, our our surf coach in Maui, he's a CrossFitter. Like, mm-hmm. you can meet so many people that do so many things and they know remember so many different at, other people throughout the world. Remember when we were in the Bahamas and the CrossFit gym sent one of their members to come pick us up at the Atlantis hotel yes. and drive us there and drive us home. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've met some incredible people, but like I said, that we also kind of look at is like a little excursion outing of the day because we enjoy it. And the people that we travel with also like doing CrossFit too. So it makes it really easy that way. So 
for those of you who are listening that think we're losers, we like it. And yeah, like my other hobby is trying Caesars at different places too. I mean, I like seeing what other Caesar variation you can put in different areas, even though that only works in Canada, but you sound so cool right now. CrossFit and Caesars. <laughs> okay. At least so, alcohol's cool. So another listener asked, um, yeah, how do you balance just life with your job away in camp? Uh, it can be difficult at times. I get up at 2.30 in the morning when I work on day shifts because I like having caffeine before I go to the gym. And I'll go from 3 till 5, and then I go to my 12-hour shift, and then I'm sleeping by like 7.30 at night. And there's a little bit of travel involved with my job as well, which works okay because we got a rest day programmed around that now. And then the seven night shifts are always quite tough to wake up and go to the gym. And sometimes you only slept like four hours the night prior. Yeah, because what is it, a six hour drive to work? Yeah, it's about a six hour drive. Yeah, or if you fly, then it's waiting in airports and things yeah. like that. And we were just delayed here on Christmas and I sat in the Calgary airport for a few extra hours. So yeah, so like our Christmas, I picked him up at the airport at like eight o'clock on Christmas Day. And then we drove out to my family's house and we spent the day out there. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, I mean, it's you kind of make do with what you do. But probably the biggest thing that is like if you want to talk about like you're you're generally pretty good about, you know, if you have to miss things um, back home or whatever, you've come to terms with that. But wouldn't you say the worst part is your sleep cycle? Yeah, absolutely. It's always tough to actually switching on to nights isn't bad. It's coming off of nights is the first probably two to three days. It's kind of like waking up with a really bad hangover on the first day. And then, you know, you might sleep well the next night, but then the night after you kind of pop back into the cycle again. So that's one of the more difficult things. And then when you're trying to go out and get your things done and it's 10 in the morning and you'd rather be sleeping gets a little bit difficult too but it's just something you get used to over the years curtis always has to coach me when we are coming from time change so um, when we got home from australia or (laughs) or asia or anything like that he's like you can't you can't go to sleep like you you have a coffee stay awake or he'll like we'll do melatonin and things like that like we don't I don't take melatonin on a regular basis um, just because I don't want it affecting my melatonin production. But when we're switching over, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Curtis has this whole like regime of like melatonin and sleep supplements. You, you're, you don't take sleeping pills, no. Um, but no, just the melatonin, especially coming off night shifts to kind of reset that cycle. Otherwise, it could it could last a full week if you don't get on top of it right away. Yeah, and I've struggled. <laughs> yeah, uh, you've struggled up to a month, I believe, when that... you came home from Australia. No, 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 Bali. Bali, that's was, what it was. But I was also sick. That was when I got cholera, and I was I was struggling because I was sick, and all I wanted to do was sleep, so that also like didn't help my sleep cycle. Yeah, that was a bad... <laughs> we can't compare anything to that time. That was terrible. Um, okay, so... Someone else asked, um, they would like their boyfriend to start joining them in doing CrossFit. 
So she wanted to know who started first between the two of us and yeah, just expand on how we got into it. You kind of talked a little bit about it, but do you remember how that all went down? Yeah, well, we, we started with the Groupon and I did, I don't know, whatever it came with, like an introductory month or two. So it was the on-ramp. So you're, you know, three or five classes of intro classes and then one free month of classes. Right. And then... It was a good I, deal, like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah, that was a really good deal. Uh, I think... I was around for about six months before I finished school there. And then I started my new job in Weyburn. And I think I took about six months off from CrossFit, didn't I? But you you carried on with it. Yeah. But how we started is so we both bought the Groupon and we both booked in for our intro class. And then I got too scared. Oh, yeah. And then I, you went still. But I didn't really tell you that I got too scared yet. No. Because I wanted him to go and, like, check it out and then tell me what it was like. So he came home and he was like, yeah, it was really good. Um, Just, like, a heads up. Like, you'll want to change, you know, like, go in your gym clothes because they don't really have, like, changing rooms there. Because at the time, their gym was in a smaller space. And I was like, okay. Um, so he went and, like, gave me the lowdown on what the workout was. And yeah, so then I was like a, always a class behind you because you'd started before because I got too scared. Yeah. And then I was so friggin' sore. I don't know. Were you sore? Do you remember? No. Like I remember being so sore. I think I went for like the first two or three before the soreness really set in. Oh my God. I was so sore. I think it wasn't even the first one. It might've been the second one, but still I like had trouble walking down the stairs of our apartment at the time. I want to say one of the first workouts that I did, which was like a CrossFit workout was a filthy 50 and that one really beat me up. Yeah. It was the like Tabata something else that we did. So like 20 seconds on 10 seconds of rest for eight rounds of like four different movements. And yeah, it was push-ups, sit-ups, squats, and like a pull-up variation. And all of these were very, very, very modified. And I was moving very slow, but I was also very out of shape. We had gotten quite out of shape though, before we started there. And we knew that we needed to take our fitness and health journey in a different direction than what we were doing. I was never really in shape when I started. Well, I yes. was just, I just like stupid little challenges. So to go in there and have these movements and finish them in X amount of time, I just was tickled by that. It tickled? Yeah. You were tickled by that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you did, you did leave CrossFit for about six months and I was still there. Cause I, I was in Weyburn and they didn't have a CrossFit gym there. So I, I was like, At the well, time they do now. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was that was uh yeah 2011 2011 i believe yeah and then i quit while i did that transition to that new job but then ashton was just loving it so much that uh i started coming back on my weeks off and that was actually the source i ever was to do crossfit for six months and then try to attempt to come back and be where you were without doing anything for six months that was that was probably why I haven't stopped. Yeah, you had a weird schedule at the time. Wasn't it like three on, two off? Yeah. It was weird days. It wasn't a week on, a week off. So it was definitely hard to keep your fitness consistent with that. Um, but yeah, as far as getting them to join, they have to want to do it or else they're going to, they'll push back. 
it's yeah. kind of what I've learned about people. I mean, in coaching CrossFit over the, the years too. bring a friend days. Those are always, you know, if your gym does bring a friend days. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you're doing it and if you can get them to come, I think that they're more likely to want to stay and do it with you as long as you're both doing it together. Cause I feel like that's the reason why you and I have been doing it this long is cause we always, if one of us isn't feeling it, the other one kind of pushes us through and vice versa. Yeah. Like I have the option to do a workout tonight and he was like, Nyeh. and I was like, okay, if you do your workout, I'll do mine because he has an optional workout he can do tonight too. So we are going to do that afterwards, but it's true like that motivation. But I also feel like some people maybe get a little bit annoying with their spouses about it and that maybe pushes them back. Like maybe they would have started, but if you're always talking about it and, you know, pushing it on them, mm-hmm. then maybe that's why. I don't know. We know well, so many CrossFit couples. Yeah. I wouldn't say pushing it on them, but be just being supportive about it. Because, you know, there there are times when, say, like you're injured and maybe you don't want to necessarily talk about it at that time. But, you know, I'll still bring it up and keep doing my thing. And then if I continue on with it, then you'll always come back in. I've never not. I've never taken it. I didn't take a six month hiatus. <laughs> okay, that was like 2011. <laughs> hey, I have been consistently going for all of this time. But yeah, I think um, some spouses, especially if it's like the male in the relationship, if if like the the girl's been going, like I also feel like you you don't give a shit like you can be humble and you can also like light that fire under your ass that you want to be you know better than me in some things and vice versa because we have our strengths yeah um and so when Curtis was always fine to like come to a class that I was coaching or work out with me, but some people aren't like that. And maybe even if you want them to start doing CrossFit with you, maybe they need to start first by doing classes elsewhere or just doing different classes than the ones that you're doing at the gym. And then maybe they'll feel comfortable doing it with you. But that was never our issue. No, we were lucky that we started at the same time. And at the same level. We can kind of like we've always been in the same realm. And I mean, occasionally one of us might be fitter than the other for a certain period of time. But I could definitely see if there was a big gap in people starting and then somebody wanting to try to catch up. That that could be a little bit difficult. But then, you know, just got to be supportive, I guess. Yeah. Don't and not pushing it on them, because I think that could be hard, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably what? wouldn't stand over them and gloat about winning the workout either. That probably <laughs> wouldn't help the situation at all. Was it ever weird that I like you came to some of my classes and coached you? Like, I never felt it was weird. No. In fact, yeah, no, it didn't bother me at all. Sometimes you're harder on me than the other people, but whatever, I got thick skin. Yeah, but I have, like, more expectations of you, too. Like, I think that, you know, you move well and things like that. Curtis, I'm always riding his ass about squatting deep enough (laughs) and push-ups. Those are the two. I'm like, yeah. you didn't like your push. I'm still on him. We'll be working out in the garage and we'll be doing that. But you'll say the same thing to me if you don't think I'm squatting deep enough. But you like get gloaty about it. I'm doing it to like 
oh try yeah and, <laughs> to try and help you yeah for sure you <laughs> i'm just trying to help you i'm not not gloaty you'll be like now you're not squatting deep enough and it's like yeah sometimes i need a reminder too but i mean i i don't think that we ever that's ever a thing between us like, no never no an issue we're good at uh i don't know just calling each other out and Constru- keeping each other honest yeah constructive criticism yeah. i would say because usually it's just Kiefer and gracie in the gym and they're not going to keep us honest so <laughs> we got to keep each other honest yeah and we're also just so used to working out together like i don't even think twice about it man can you imagine how okay if i died and you met a new lady and she didn't do crossfit this seems like a trap (laughs) no but like how like that might be hard you're also like you're very curtis is different than i am in the fact that he is probably more like you would make a larger effort not a larger effort i don't even know how to say it but you're with me i'm like do or don't like there's no in between whereas like he's very accommodating and whatnot (laughs) so i think in that case you would definitely encourage someone all the time to join with you i'd be like okay like you're either in or you're in the way (laughs) that's accurate yeah i just don't feel like this is a good conversation it's just gonna end up with me getting in trouble somehow (laughs) (laughs) no i just think it would be hard to start with you know that with somebody now at this point in the game well yeah there's there is such a would be such a large separation that it would be tough because you know if that person wanted to be at the same level of you i mean you just can't walk in the doors and have i don't know what is it eight years of experience under your belt there's a lot of things that you have to learn throughout the years yeah you can't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 20 right isn't that what they say yeah yeah but also i think some guys have some issues taking um instruction from female coaches and stuff and i've like never ever like there was a few times not never ever there was a few times at the gym that i coached at that there was you know some pushback but the owners there like there's more female coaches than there were male coaches and the females had really all proven themselves that they were fit moved well were strong so i find that yeah it was never an issue and then the people who the the, if the guys did push back then they kind of weeded themselves out that way so well i even know when i started too that i had done like four or five years of say like squatting and deadlifting and stuff and i moved absolutely terribly and they told me that repeatedly throughout the first year and i i couldn't see it because i thought that i was good and i could see how other people could fall into that sort of trap too. well you thought you were really strong and you were really strong yeah but then after you start injuring yourself because you aren't moving like you think that you are then that's when you have to really stop and break it down and it takes like you have to push your ego aside and be like okay well maybe i'm not what i think i am and what am i actually and I had to start back at the basics by squatting a PVC and working my way back up again. Oh, man, I think we tear apart a movement 
on an annual like at least one movement on an annual basis yeah trying to fix it and move differently and not that we like we move well and we focus a lot on mobility but there's always ways to be better at it so i mean if you're not trying to improve and you are getting injured all the time i mean that's the first place to look yes but yeah i think there are some egos out there i think crossfit in general has really changed where the respect for women in it i mean it's funny because I can walk into a lot of globo gyms and be like, like a guy would look at me weird lifting. But the fact is that me and a lot of the girls that I know can outlift them are stronger than they are. And we just move better than they do too. And that's probably the biggest part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, besides consistency. Um, okay. So when you are on days off, you're at home all the time for weeks straight what is the most challenging aspect of that uh challenging yeah you're smiling so go ahead say it say what you're gonna say well it's awesome being at home on my weeks off because i get to sleep and do all the things i want and i get to hang out with ashlyn all day every day That is challenging. It's fine. You can say that's challenging because it is. It is challenging being like I work from home. Yes. And Curtis is at home 24-7 during his week off. Mm -hmm. That is a challenging aspect. Yeah. I mean, you're only off for a week. So I feel like that's where that separation is good. Yeah. Uh, It would be like a week of both of us being home together for 24-7 can sometimes be challenging in the way that I have an idea of what I want to do in the day, but then Ashlyn has her work schedule that I will have to work around. So that could be a little bit challenging sometimes, but I don't know, it's it's manageable for a week. Yeah, and I mean, uh, over the years, we've learned better how to be in each other's spaces because I haven't always done what I've done either. Yeah, well, and... this has been, what, three or four? three years now, four-ish years that you've been working from home? Yeah, two with the sweat effect. And then as a mortgage broker before that, it was like three, but I would be in the office sometimes too. Yeah, occasionally. But um, I feel like if I worked at home doing night shifts, we wouldn't get along very well. No, I can agree with that. So I'm actually quite happy that I am away in camp. and. But also even day shifts, like you're up super early to go to work and lots of people are like, that would be a hard... Yeah, that would be tough because I am going to bed at like 7.30 at night and, and you're usually it. just spooling up for the evening, getting your stuff done. And I might even be heading out to the gym at that time. Going out to the gym, clanging and banging pots and uh, f- jumping around on the furniture, filming Instagram videos. Like that's when you're at your finest right at that hour (laughs) curtis did yell at me once for shutting the microwave door too hard when he was trying to sleep because he was going to work the next day okay you're making me sound like a monster (laughs) i'm really happy that we have the easy closers on the counters because you could swear that those doors weigh 400 pounds yeah we used to live in a house where we didn't and he was always yeah well now when you leave the toilet seat up i can't even like slam it anymore because it's like the slow close that was like my big you left the toilet seat she can't prove her point anymore (laughs) because it is very anticlimactic when it closes slowly i like it would definitely be hard if you were 
home every day, even if you were just working like a regular nine to five day, like we would really need to like get used to each other, like being in each other's space like that again. Yeah. Well, it'd be hard for me even just in general working a normal nine to five because I never have. I've been working shift work for like 13 years now. So that would be an adjustment for sure. And then, yeah, you and I working around together. Like we would need to like get to know each other in that type of a situation. We work really, really well. The fact that you're gone 50% of the time. Some people don't though. Like they're upset that their spouse is yeah. gone and they're not there. And I'm like, what? whatever. Like, okay, so I have to do these things by myself. Like some people get really upset um, that they always have to do, like go to things by themselves or their spouse is always working mm-hmm. and those types of things. It would be a lot more challenging if we had kids too. I believe that would put a little bit more pressure on it. But as for like the normal day-to-day stuff, I mean, there are a few times where you'll phone me and I'll have to coach you through some things that, you know, help you fix things or I'll have to phone somebody to get them to come over or lend you a hand. But I mean, you're usually able to band-aid the situation ter- uh, temporarily until I can get back. Well, yeah, there's generally always a plumber or an electrician or whatever tradesman that I can just cost more money that way, right? Yeah. If we have to hire someone to come and help fix something. Yeah, there's been a few times where it's I could have fixed plumber. something for $50 and it's cost me 500 but that's just the nature of the work, I guess. Yes, for sure. And yeah, um, I don't know. And it's all we've ever known. Even when we first started dating and you were living in Swift Current, even though you were just going to school, you were not around most of the time then. It's just who we are. Yeah. Um, so we have talked about running our own business together someday. What do you think? Like, how do you think that would be? He smiles again. Like, he, people can't see you smiling. And you can be honest. Well, I have to smile and think carefully about the words that come next. Uh, I, I think we would do a great job of running a business together. We would just have to determine how we are going to agree on the disagreeables. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's fine. I... I understand that I can be a little... Pushy. Well, (laughs) is that the word we're using? Pushy? Just, I like, I just really like getting things done. Yeah. I I usually like to sit on things for a while and see how they evolve. And Ashlyn just likes to execute whatever comes into her mind immediately. But you're making it sound like I jump on things and that's not true. It's not that the choice of action that I'm choosing is irrational or anything. I just want to get things done. See, this is why I smiled when I got asked that question. <laughs> I know that I have that tendency and that's fine. <laughs> you just like things done your way in a certain time. And and you like to move in slow motion sometimes. This is like, I would say this is probably our biggest like push back with each other wouldn't you say i wouldn't say it's slow motion but it's kind of like the way like things seem to take longer because i am away at shift work so say i don't complete it at the end of that week then i have to wait a whole nother week and then maybe when i get back we have some other things planned yeah but like you can openly say that it drives you crazy that when i want things done i want them done right away Yes. And I can openly say that it drives me crazy when you drag your heels getting 
things done. <laughs> it's fine. It's just that that's the way we work. I prefer timely execution. Dragging heels works too. <laughs> okay, last question. What is it like to live with me? Tell the people. A day in the life of Ashlyn. Uh, well, we've pretty much gone over it through the conversation here. I mean, we wake up in the morning, we have coffee, and you click-clack away on your computer. I usually scroll through my phone. We have coffee, make breakfast, take the dogs for a walk. I mean, normal day-to-day stuff's pretty typical and routine, but, uh... Sometimes we have to make Instagram videos, which... That's annoying for Curtis. Curtis hates well, being my Instagram Well, because husband. she always picks the most inconvenient times to do it. And not just Instagram. Like, sometimes I'm filming videos for work, too. We and have had some heated discussions about that as well. She also sometimes makes comments about my creativity for and my <laughs> photo shooting angles, which I'm teaching. I'm teaching. He is he is my behind the scenes person. Yeah. When yeah, I mean when we're on Holly, I just want to say when we travel with Ryan and Jasmine, they are more than happy to ryan is a phenomenal photographer i feel like that should have been his second career choice and it still could be part of his first career choice he'll be like hey ash would you like me to take a photo and we're like gee thanks ryan that's so kind and thoughtful of you as curtis is sitting there being like more pictures (laughs) you just ryan yeah he's the opposite of me where he'll do things immediately just to get them out of the way Yes, that is true. <laughs> he gets the he gets shit done too. Yeah, uh, yeah, he does. There's no messing around with that guy. There's no stopping to scroll the phone. <laughs> uh, do you think there's anything else that the listeners would want to know? Any questions that you have for me that we haven't ever covered on any of my other podcasts? Uh, so what do you what do you think 2020 is going to bring you? 2020, I think, is going to be the most exciting year yet. And 2019 was pretty crazy. Like, crazy in the fact that, like, the way business evolved, I think. Um, life was a little, like, Groundhog's Day-ish. I mean, we did get away and travel a little bit in 2019. We went to Australia, and then we went and stayed on in BC for, like, six weeks we were gone for like almost a couple months but um I put my nose to the grind Curtis still worked his regular job but I would say like as far as like like things that happened in life probably like the most boring of of our years the best like sweat effect wise but like wouldn't you say this year was the most boring of our years 2019 yes Uh, I wouldn't say so. It was, it was slower, but we still experienced some great things. I mean, we went to Australia and we lived out in BC for six months and six weeks, not six months. Sorry, six weeks. And, uh, you know, it just kind of seemed slower because the summer was not quite as nice as the previous summer. So we weren't like out on the boat and stuff every day. In fact, every time we got on the boat, it started raining. So weather Weather that was shitty kind in Saskatchewan this put year. A bit of a damper on it, but I still think that we did a lot of incredible things this year. I don't know. It just for some reason I just think it wasn't as um, as exciting. But like 
business wise it was crazy it but was that's also good in the way that you know you don't like when i say isolate but it was a little bit slower so we were able to be more productive on other things in life for sure it was and i totally say that i wouldn't have made um like the the gains in my business that i did had it not have been a socially quieter year there's no way and yeah i i was very isolated at times there were times where i didn't see people for four days and do you know what you do you get a lot of work done and that sounds super boring but like it's enabled me to like really grow and spread myself and now more people like get my name out there and now more people just know so i don't feel like i need to do um those things but like 2020 I am excited about. I have some like really big plans for the sweat effect, um, um, some more business ideas and opportunities, growing my team um, more as well. I want, yeah, I, I want to have like an online store. I've always wanted to have like a little supplement store like online and um, even do like some sweat effect branded clothing and things like that to sell. Um, at my online store there is talks of us listing our house for sale in the spring and like we don't know where that will go um like if it will sell or not we base everything on like if it sells um but yeah talks of us moving to bc and opening up a physical location a brick and mortar so it would be like a gym space and some space that i could sell all those other things out of as well and I mean, Curtis would just fly to work. It would be a long drive yeah. <laughs> from the island. And well, we'll the flights worked out better from there anyway. So Yeah, and that was we kind of tested that when we lived out on um, Vancouver Island this um, fall, but also we lived right near the airport when we were there, so that was very convenient for your flights. Yes, very. Where we are looking at, if and this is all if our house sells, yeah. isn't as close to the airport, so you still have to drive to the airport maybe an hour or so um we were literally yeah. like less than 10 minutes from the airport um where we were staying this fall but yeah i i have so many things that i want to do this year and expand on and and we're gonna be in thailand in in like 10 days we'll be in thailand in 10 days and yes Curtis will be there for three weeks almost. And then I'm going to, me and our travel buddies, Ryan and Jasmine, are going to stay another week and maybe go to another country. So maybe Vietnam or Cambodia or something. I don't want to say too much in front of Curtis because he's going to be very jealous when he comes back to work for that week. I'm okay with it. <laughs> See, he just knows now. So yeah, like 2020, we have lots of big plans. We want to go get some, some more snowboarding in and list that house and see where that takes us and yeah who knows yeah it's really but even if nothing changed with where we lived or anything like the sweat effect is just going to continue to grow and get more reach and everything out of that so yeah those are exciting too i don't know anything anything you think i might have missed no that all sounds like it's going to shape up to be a great 2020. Yeah. Very, pending the sale of our house. Yeah. Pending the sale. <laughs> I'm confident. Curtis is always the, he's very, I don't want to say level-headed. I'm always on the definite 
positive end of things. I'm a believer that what you put out into the world is what you get back in the sense that I believe that we will sell our house and believe that things will work out. And Curtis is always like, well, there could be this or there could be uh, just more level headed. I like to believe the positive things, but I also like to think of the negative avenues just so you can keep your heads up. Yeah, I'm aware of the negative avenues, but I like to just put out the one vibe. I don't like being blindsided as well. I don't think we'll be blindsided. Like, even if we don't sell our house, like, whatever, you know, then we stay here. We stay here for another summer. And hopefully the Saskatchewan weather is better this year. (laughs) Yeah, like, I like it here in the summer. It's awesome. Yeah, We're here on the creek. We got boats cruising by all the time. You know, when it's hot, it's real hot on the back deck. Yeah. No, it's a great place. We have no complaints in the summer. It's a little too desolate for me in the winter. Um, And I'm sorry, but Saskatchewan's just a little too, too cold for me. And I've always said that. That's never been anything that I've beaten around the bush about. But yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, here's to an exciting 2020. But yeah. Thanks for finally coming on. I've been bugging you for a long time about this. Probably a year I've been asking you if you wanted to do a podcast for me. Well, it's a lot less work setting up the microphones and then sitting in the corner, but I guess this is okay too. <laughs> it wasn't even that bad, was it? No. Okay. I mean, if you want to have me on with other guests, I'm oh maybe God. okay with it. We'll see what the what the reviews say. He maybe only... I'll be like that podcast girl, the, the murder mystery one. <laughs> there... Like your podcast, hate your voice. <laughs> there was a review about this podcast that I listened to and I love it. Um, it's a true crime podcast and somebody put a mean review, which I mean, as we've all learned lately, people of the internet are terrible, that they said that they loved her podcast but hated her voice. It's like, it's her podcast, you guys. You can't get around that part of it. <laughs> but um, yeah. I appreciate you coming and doing this. And it wasn't even that bad. I think he was dreading it. He always wants to just come on my podcast when I have cool people on. (laughs) Well, yeah, because then I'm guaranteed to be not poorly reviewed, I think. (laughs) You won't get a bad review. Oh, okay. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Head over to my Instagram page at sweat underscore effect for all of my insights, experiences, and daily doses of goodness. Until next time, keep on having fun and keeping fit.